Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Welcome back, Stan fans, to the final rendition of Quality Check Podcast's take on this stand, the CBS All Access TV show. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. Does it feel weird that it's over? I don't know if it feels weird. I'm going to be honest with you. I ended up liking this show quite a bit, and we're recording one week after the final episode debuted on CBS All Access. So this Thursday came and went, and there was no stand episode. And I, I got to be honest with you, I was sad. So it does, for you as well, feel like there's kind of a part of your week that's missing. It does, because I look forward to watching this every Thursday. And there's not a lot of shows that from week to week I'm, you know, excited to watch and see what happens. Uh, you know, I feel the same way. And I know we've poo-pooed on CVS's release of not only with the stand on Thursdays, because they would drop that um, pretty much every Thursday at two in the morning, our time, central time. And sometimes I'd stay up and watch it just, just to see what they would do. But they did that also with the Twilight Zone, the Jordan Peele version. And we had talked about how weird that is to release it on a Thursday, but I actually kind of like it now. I mean, but, I, I do too, because there's not a ton I watch on Thursdays. It, it gave me it gave me something more to look forward to on Thursdays. And also like that, if I stayed up late enough on Wednesday nights, going into Thursday, it kind of made Thursday a little bit better. Even, even if we got like this crazed trash can man <laughs> and this version of Ezra Miller just going off the rails, it was still something that, like you said, I feel like I'm missing from my life now. And it, I, I truly want this to kind of continue in a ways. As you heard, film fans, we are going to cover the stand, The Circle Closes, which is the ninth and final episode for this stand, the CBS All Access rendition of Stephen King's classic plague story. And let's go ahead and jump right into The Circle Closes. This was directed by the showrunner, Josh Boone, and written by none other than Stephen King himself. It was released on February 11th, clocking in a smooth 49 minutes. The official synopsis for this episode is the limited series finale written by Stephen King. After seeing both the light and the dark, Franny makes her stand. Mm, we got to give her a stand because she didn't get one. That's according to Stephen King. You know who else didn't get one? Stu. Stu literally couldn't stand because he was stuck in a crater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Three big things happen in this episode. Franny and Stu leave the Boulder Free Zone to head east. Randall Flagg and Mother Abigail both return to respectively tempt and comfort Franny. And the circle may have closed for our survivors, but we're left with glimpses of a new flag taking over a different 
group, a naked flag, with not boots, naked though. in the book. I know you like that. Let real quick. Um, we get to see Skarsgård's butt. Did you <laughs> did you loves or hates? I'll say loves. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, he's still looking pretty fit. He's uh he may be the walking dude, but he's also a good looking dude. Now, did you ever watch was that uh, True Blood? When you came in the air when I- Yeah, I told you that. I told you how bad the ending is. Oh, that's right. It, like the last few seasons are just god awful. Now, does does Skarsgård hang D in that a lot? Gosh, I don't know. I'm sure he showed his butt at some point in there. He had to have. When that came out, man, I knew so many girls that thought he was just like the hottest thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember around that, even though I didn't watch it, there were so many who talked about this good-looking guy, Skarsgård. But that continued up until he was in a Tarzan movie where he was pretty much shirtless the entire time. Yeah, you shredded. Yeah, um... Good looking fellow. I, you know, at that point, I don't even think I knew he was a scars guard. Oh. And then uh, I, I told you that this is a weird thing uh, to sidetrack us even further, but it, do, it didn't click with me until like episode eight that we have two scars guards playing two major Stephen King villains because we have Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise and then now obviously Randall Flagg with Alexander. It's kind of incredible. I love that. It's awesome. I now just hope that their dad will end up playing the main villain from Storm of the Century or something like that. Oh my God. I've been wanting to watch that again. It's one of those movie or, well, limited series that I, I kind of liked, but I do want to remember liking to it. it. Yeah. I think it, I remember liking it, but I was like 12. It's weird. I've had the feeling after watching this version of The Stand of returning to older. Stephen King works such as Storm of the Century, but the TV uh, show, the limited series, and also returning to a few others at Kingdom Hospital. I want to find that and watch it. Was that a a show? I don't mm-hmm. remember that. I remember the name. I, I didn't watch that. Yeah, that was on ABC. And I remember from what I can recall, it wasn't good. But Oh, I'm sure. It was, I don't think it lasted long. No, I, I don't even know if it was like half a season, but... It's interesting because my dad returned and watched the original stand like a day or two after finishing this. And I got his thoughts and he was like, I I like this new version. I had fun with it, but he prefers the original stand, which you bought on Blu-ray. I did. And I started it. I'm like 20 minutes into it. What what do you think so far? Honestly, the, the way it's structured, which is just normal Mm-hmm. I feel like I've spent more time with Stu in the, you know, his origin with this story than I do or I did with the entire nine hours that we got with this new version. It's so <laughs> crazy just how the structure changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that if they restructure the show like that for this version, it would have fixed a lot. I mean, there are still some some issues, but... Obviously, notably absent is pretty much the entire ensemble here, except for Franny and Stu. So we get... I mean, keep, yeah, keep in mind, basically everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, when we returned from New Vegas with Stu walking up, who never really made it to New Vegas, 
But we uh, we finally get Tom who reconnects with Stu. It's interesting because, you know, we had talked about how Franny was so sidelined this entire series. And now this episode focuses on her. And we get, you know, such a heavy dose of her and Stu. And this is kind of the Franny show. Did you think that it felt like even though she's our main character, how do you think that they really treated her and focused on Franny in this? Were you a fan of that? In just this episode? Yeah. She's just been so unmemorable Mm -hmm. from just like a story standpoint. She's just a non-factor. So it was nice to have this focus on her. Did it? I mean, it was. It's too little, too late. But yeah, I was going to ask. Do you think that it redeemed the character a little bit, or not really? No, I mean, it. It is what it is. I, I'm. It, you take such a massive story and condense it so much, and it's. I don't think giving her an hour of television necessarily makes up for that. Yeah, it's like you said, a little too late. Well, let's go ahead and talk more about the episode. We'll break that down, and then right after that, we'll break down. The overall series first and foremost after watching this finale how do you feel about the show i like the finale a lot actually uh the bulk of this episode is exactly how it is in the book minus the well story which interestingly enough i think most people kind of hate <laughs> for several reasons <laughs> so it's funny that the, the thing that he has apparently been thinking about all these decades and what he wanted to change with this series is something that a lot of people don't like. I didn't necessarily mind it. I think there's some issues with it that we'll kind of get into. Um, but I liked the episode. I thought it was a, a, a pretty decent conclusion. I agree with what you said, enjoying the finale. This Honestly, the last episode felt like a finale. This one is that epilogue. We talked about that, you know, in terms of how it would go. But th- this definitely felt like that. It's kind of that... Putting, putting the cherry on top of a Sunday, so to speak. But uh, I, you know, I enjoyed this episode. And even though it's kind of a stripped down version, I wish we got more of these kinds of episodes early on. And actually not just early on, but throughout the entire series, it would have been nice. But the with seeing Franny and seeing how, you know, Flag didn't really die and that he is trying to basically look for power through just achieving that through others and and getting that from tempting her and then we also see this group at the very end there are a lot of things that i like about it and it's very weird though that we end up taking these two characters outside of the overall group because this show for the most part has always seemed like an ensemble series minus really episode two, which focused on Larry. This is the only one that kind of did that. And all the others, I mean, we get multiple stories. And even though they were kind of a little tangled, this, it felt a lot better than episode two. Yeah, Uh, I think one of the best things, well, one of the things that helps this work so well is we're only focusing basically on... Stu and Franny. And it feels like a bottle episode. I know there's traveling involved, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty self-contained. And then we have kind of a little twist with Randall Flagg, which is this last episode in this last podcast, I I had asked, do we think Flagg's still alive? And we were almost um, like we knew he would probably be coming back. And that was like some kind of twist or shock to us. I completely forgot 
that he is back at the end of this book. This was pretty much identical to the end of the book, minus him being completely naked, right? Yeah, we'll get into that. There's some okay. tweaks to it, but the the basic idea is the, the exact same. Okay. I think it was interesting to end up taking the characters away from the overall, like the, the structure there in the Bowler Free Zone. But I have to say, what's crazy is this was written by Stephen King. This may be his strongest written screenplay, even though it's more or less the same I would assume from the book that source to this medium of being on this limited series. I know he's done a lot of writing for TV or for film, but I just really dug the structure. I really wish the entire series was this way. In my opinion, that was my favorite thing about this. And especially the beginning of how we are seeing the community of the Boulder Free Zone. We're hearing from Franny and she's talking. It made me connect with Franny on a whole different level. And I wish that we had more of that throughout the series because I really started to feel for her. And whenever we are just kind of thrown in with various characters and into their lives and whenever it's at the end of like a series like this, whether it be a limited or a larger scale, multiple season a TV show, this this actually worked for me. I felt like Franny was developed more in this one episode than in all the uh, other episodes. And and she just, she worked for me. And I think a lot of that is kudos to, to King and his structure of the story. And it was fun. It was fun to see Franny at kind of her despair and then see her go through that with her child and then she sees Stu, and then she's reconnected. And, and her, even though she should be happy, kind of going through this where she's not content and she's wanting to find out, you know, what else is out there to return home because that's home to her. It was really interesting to see this character go through so many different emotions, someone who we really haven't in this series, and she's felt one-dimensional until this episode. So that's kind of like a one-two punch, mainly... You know, kudos to King. And then um, the second half of what I really liked is just how well Franny, how well developed she turned out in this. Now, what didn't work for you about this episode? Great as all that Franny stuff is, it's a shame that it took so long to have that happen. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard not to kind of knock this episode because of the failings of the previous eight episodes. Mm. I don't have a lot of complaints. Honestly, this was a quick 45 minutes. It was enjoyable. I watched it twice now. There, there's some head scratchers like by the end of this episode, Franny and Stuart not discussing that Flag's still alive. That's mm. not something they're discussing, which I find strange. The I was kind of surprised when I got online and saw some fairly tepid reviews for this. Maybe it's because by this point, um, with this last stretch of episodes, like I've said, I'm all in on this. It's not perfect. It's an interesting companion piece to the book. So maybe I'm just easier to please by this point. You know, that's an interesting point because I was wondering the same thing. Right now, this episode is sitting at the lowest reviewed by users. But at the same time, it makes me wonder, you know, were they just so PO'd at the fact that the way that this happened to... Um, the development of this, they were just so 
irritated and that stuck with them. But I kept hearing things or reading things that it's like a pointless episode or expected so much more from Stephen King. And why was this ruined by this kind of episode? Very weird. Um, That's so strange, though, because of all these episodes, it's one of the most accurate. It makes me wonder if it really just boils down to those who are first timers and they don't know much about the store and they were just expecting this to continue, maybe, even though CBS was very adamant about it being a limited series, going as far as putting that in the official synopsis. So it's, yeah. it's strange, I mean, but it, it's weird though. Cause when you read the book, some of the, some of the uh, quote unquote endings for, I guess you could even argue flag. It's just, he blows up basically <laughs> with his hand of God. And uh, you're just like, that's it. That's <laughs> how we're ending this. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of the same with this story of how this ad- adaptation is. It's, it's wrapped up in episode eight and you kind of have this little journey on episode nine that closes it, but it's not changing everything you, that you've seen before it. Mm. So I can understand, I guess, the frustration by that point. Speaking of those changes from the book to the series, what are a lot of those changes? Because you said that there's a lot, you know, that you had written down. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a ton. One, the book has Stu's journey back with Tom and the help of Nick. We obviously didn't see Nick. I don't think the last four episodes, maybe yeah, three episodes, which is weird. Um, some questioned whether that was even filmed, but the actor that plays Tom was on Twitter and he said they actually shot stuff where Nick helps guide Stu and Tom back to Boulder. So that was done. Fran gives birth to a boy in the book. She names names it Peter after her father. Uh, in this version, it's it's a girl named Abigail. All the stuff with the well is brand new. That was not part of the original book. And then the Randall flag thing is basically the same. He comes back into the jungle with the, uh, I don't even know what you would call them. It's just like in, it's an indigenous tribe. He shows up and he doesn't kill anybody. They, he just like smiles and they're all like basically worshiping him. Basically the same ideas. He just shows up. He's all, He's just always going to come back. In this case, he is Russell Faraday. Did you love that with his name? Yeah, I loved I loved all the Randall Flag stuff in this too. <laughs> we we gave a lot of props to the Franny story. Ended this episode thinking, man, I want more flag. Like I want mm. to just follow this guy around and hang out with him for like three weeks <laughs> and see what kind of trouble we can get into. What's interesting is having the two different versions, more or less of Randall Flag at this point. Even though he went by the Man in Black in the Dark Tower, the movie, which Randall Flagg did you prefer by the end of this? Matthew McConaughey in the Dark Tower or Alexander Skarsgård as Randall Flagg in this version? I would say definitely Skarsgård, but I feel like I spent more time with him. Yeah. Yeah, I... Man, he was just... He was so good. I wish we got to spend a little more time with him, though he is... Uh, I mean, we get a lot of time with him in the back half of this. Yeah. And that we we saw quite a bit of him early on. So that was interesting how he w- was weaved into this story. Now, let's move to Easter eggs. There's a big one that I caught. What Easter eggs did you catch? Well, what did you catch? I'm sure the- I, I'm sure I think it's one of the big ones that I saw, too. The main one is just the turtle that's sitting inside the home 
that is technically the home of Mother Abigail, um, right? That's how I took it was this was her childhood home. Before, on other episodes that you and I talked about how, well, why exactly did Mother Abigail live in this retirement community in Boulder, Colorado, where we end up like skipping over her living in the cornfields of Nebraska because that's how she was portrayed in the book and then in the original TV series. But for this, it's interesting because we go there and as soon as we see the title come up, Nebraska, I'm like, oh, they're, I guarantee you they're going to show up at Mother Abigail's house. So that was kind of, I'm not going to count that as an Easter egg, but as Franny and Stu are driving up, there's a shot that's looking from inside the house, looking out. And as they pull up the drive, we see in the foreground a turtle. And the turtle, for all of you Stephen King fans out there, will recognize it because that is uh, Mar- Martin. Is that right? Mer- Martin? Mat- uh, Maturin or something like that. So I just butchered the name. And- Who knows? It's, it's one of the 12 guardians of the beam. Mm. Yeah, and uh, basically that is a, a supernatural character that plays a large role in a lot of Stephen King work. So uh, that that's the one major one that I caught. Um, you mentioned the Nebraska corn. So we finally have some clarity with all the promotional material being in corn. Because we were like, well, I understand why she's in Boulder. <laughs> why do we yeah. have corn? That makes a little more sense. Uh, Stu's Walkie Talkie was on channel 19. 19 is a number that reoccurs in King's work. The corn, obviously children of the corn. The uh, Mother Abigail tells Franny the wheel keeps turning, which I assume is a reference mm. from the Dark Terror series. It is. Um, that's basically what I got. I know that just reading online, the well is central to both the Dolores Claiborne and Gerald's game and several other King's short stories. Um. The outro credits, the queen card is holding a rose, another nod Mm. to the Dark Tower. So I'm on book three of the Dark Tower. So some of this stuff is making more sense to me too, like the rose and the uh, turning of the wheel. There was something I was watching recently. Oh, no, it's Dr. Sleep because I rewatched Dr. Sleep. And in that, we have Holleran say to Danny that Ka's a wheel. And Ka is a big thing in the Dark Tower series. But it goes back to this for the stand where uh, talking about a wheel and that's basically it. You know, our lives work kind of in a circle or it all works together. So that's that's fascinating. You ended up kicking my butt with catching those Easter eggs. And now that you mention a few, I remember the one that I did not catch is the walkie talkie number 19. Yeah, and another one that I saw too is I didn't see this one. I, I saw this online. I guess when Stu pulls up to the pharmacy, there's an optometrist office across the street and the logo apparently looks like the cream, Crimson King's Eye, mm. which is in the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they had... I'm, I'm kind of wondering if every episode has a bunch of stuff that we just didn't notice. That's what I'm wondering now because it was blatant in the stand episode when we go to the court scene and... Glenn is trying to uh, combat uh, with Lloyd and we end up seeing the insignia for the Crimson King on the side banners there in the courtroom. So that's whenever I first noticed it here. 
But that's fascinating. Now I kind of want to go back and rewatch this to see if I missed or just how many things I missed in that case. Random thoughts. There's a big one. And I think we'll go ahead and cover it right now. And it's the F-bomb count. Mm. And it's so funny because for this, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm really tempted. I'm going to go low. With, with King riding this, I feel like it's going to be, you know, like one. And so I changed my mind, went with zero. And then you said three. It ended up being one. One single yeah. F-bomb. And I can't even remember who did it. Franny. Franny. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because she ended up, that's whenever Flag was trying to tempt her into the kiss and she ended up yelling uh, something like, not for the effing world or something like that. And mm. that was the one and only F-bomb. Did you have any other random thoughts before we jump to the letter grade for this episode? No, but I, I did think of one thing that doesn't work. And I mentioned this earlier and I know we're backtracking, but we talked about how the wealth storyline is kind of what people are most pissed off about. Mm -hmm. And it's the thing that Stephen King added that's brand new. Before this miniseries started, Whoopi, who plays Mother Abigail, she made a comment that Mother Abigail, quote, couldn't be the magic Negro. And the idea was what was written 30 to 40 years ago cannot be translated into current times. You can't just have a this magic black character that comes in and saves the white characters. So we were kind of led to believe that that wouldn't be the case. And then what Stephen freaking King writes is Mother Abigail. She's a young girl. She uses magic to save the white characters and literally disappears. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Like, I thought this was because she said she wouldn't sign on and do this unless they changed, you know, who Mother Abigail was. Did you think it was strange? Have you read that prior to watching this episode? Because I knew going into this episode, she had said that, you know, way back when. So watching it, I'm like, wow, this is literally the thing they said they would not do. <laughs> it's, you know, fascinating because I, hearing that, because I, yeah, I, I remember that she said that. But you're right, though, because that totally transforms Mother Abigail into basically someone who has all these powers because she wasn't that way in the book was she i don't know and what's weird too is up until this point we have never seen her do any of that stuff yeah because like you said she's she's really just a tool an instrument of god and she's she has to remember she's not god she's just the one guiding these people mm -hmm. for him so it's strange that in this episode it all hinges on Franny falling into a well, avoiding temptation, being rescued and saved by a young mother, Abigail, who uses magic and then vanishes. And she's literally there for only that reason. It's it's kind of a strange choice on King's part. Yeah, it is. Because it's almost where he makes her even more supernatural and goes 100% against what Whoopi wanted. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of wonder what she thinks because she yeah. she said, I mean, there's a, a quote here. I needed her not to be the little old black lady who has all the information. She doesn't. She's hopeful that she's right, but she's not positive. I think that's an interesting angle. But again, the series doesn't have a lot of that character to begin with. I did like in this episode, there there is a nice moment with her and Franny. And uh, when she's unconscious and in the well, she you know, runs away from Flag. I thought that was a nice moment. 
Mm-hmm. Just some weird choices on King's part. He almost feels uh, this. This feels um, a little out of touch. You know, this little girl. If you were to remove her from the equation, then there's no like real life version of Flag or Mother Abigail. It's assumed that Flag continues in a different way, but that makes sense. However, if there's a version of Mother Abigail who is alive, but as a little girl. I don't think she's alive. I think she was just like, I don't know, I want to say a ghost, but a spirit that yeah. was there to help. I don't think she was literally. When it, go, it goes back to what you said about Children of the Corn, but this is a different version where instead of obviously being bad, then Mother Abigail or this apparition of her is the good side. I mean, I would be okay with like, say, through this, you just take out the little girl and then you have Franny who's knocked out. She's tempted by Flag and then she's comforted by Mother Abigail. And then whenever um, Stu helps her, then, um, you know, whatever happens, they end up returning to the baby and then there's a little doll that's left with the baby. And then, like, I would be okay even with that. But it's almost very unnecessary to have this character that's thrown in there to heal Franny. In in that way, it's almost assumed that, oh, wow, like, this Mother Abigail is totally different than the Mother Abigail we spent eight episodes getting to know. I did like the, uh, I think there's a, a good level of creepiness when Kojak is staring into the corn stalks. I thought that was pretty cool. That was good. Because I didn't know what it was going to be by that point. I thought, mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to be flag in there. That's what I thought. And speaking of, that's another thing I liked. King does a really great job with building tension and just, just a little at a time adding a few things. And it may not even be tension, but I think the mystery there, he had a really good way of delivering that and executing it. But yeah, now that, now I'm thinking even more about the girl because it's got me wondering, well, does that knock it down a little bit for me in terms of the episode letter grade in the overall series? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to sit on that and think. Well, you, you know, I need an answer now because we're doing episode Ooh. letter grade. I think even with that um, problematic story, the king choice, I, I still like this a lot. I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm going with a, I feel like an A minus is too high. But that was like what I was feeling. Well, then give it an A minus. I mean, I'll give it an A minus for now because thinking about this girl may, it may bring it down for me because I mean, I don't, it's just such a, it's such a hot take, but I'm I'm going to keep my initial A minus because I, like you said, I, I actually really enjoy this episode and it was great to have King on to write this and and this was just a, a great stripped-down way to end this overall series. And speaking of series, what's your series letter grade? Man, I think the last three are pretty strong. It's pretty up and down prior to that point. I'll say um, I'm going to go a little high here, but I'll say B-. minus. Okay. That's actually right in line with what I was thinking as well. 
because they're going back and replaying the first half. It felt a little rough, but then it really, in my opinion, it gets good, even though there are some major flaws, such as the Julie Lowry character. But there are other things, though, that it kind of made up for and it helped. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to say a B minus overall. It's one of those that I'm curious to know the staying power in terms of thinking about this. And as time progresses, am I going to think more about this or the OG miniseries? Let's talk about the overall series with this series wrap-up. First off, character power rankings. We've talked about this in each episode, but by the end of this, who was your number one, your MVP for characters? Mm, I think Harold's probably the most interesting character in this series. Flag is the coolest. I'll, I'll I'll give it to. Can I do a tie? Ooh, or do I gotta pick one? Yeah, uh, I'd say pick one. I think if I had to pick one, I would pick. Oh my gosh, it's hard, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say flag. Ooh, he he ends my power rankings as number one. Harold, very close, number two. Well, that is where I'll pick it up because I'll say Harold is number one for me especially just because of the ending, his ending. And I love that up until the very end for him, he kept writing and he kept doing what he was all about. And of any character, I feel like he was the most consistent. And it really threw me for a loop because I thought Harold would kind of be our main character and we would be with him until the very end. So that was a nice psycho type moment where he was killed off in the episode that he was. But yeah, I just, I think that overall character, Harold in this version was awesome. I mean, I didn't agree with what he was doing, but still though, it he was, he was one heck of a character. Now, I'm going to say Franny is probably going to be your answer to this next question, but which character or characters deserved better? You know what? It should be Franny. Uh, I got to go Nick though. I can't, yeah. I can't believe that he dies and they literally never go back to him. <laughs> it's just like they care. They, it felt like they didn't care about that character whatsoever, which yeah. is so strange. Yeah. Because at least I, Franny gets a, a, her own episode, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a really strange thing. We get a flashback with Nick, but there's, I mean, not a lot of time, I feel like, in which we spend with Nick. Here's where I kind of want to give a, a, uh, my pick of two people, but I am going to say Nick overall. I think that we needed more Nick and Tom together. That's what I really wanted. But if there's one character, I would say Nick for sure. Well, I know the next question is the biggest missed opportunity. Uh, I, it's, it's either you could argue the Nick thing or just the entire structure of this show as a whole. Mm. They didn't take advantage of what they had, you know? Yeah. And it, it cost him with the, like maybe the first four or five episodes. It just really kind of killed the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it also messed with the pacing of the show. I wonder with having all of these episodes out now, if it will be better just binging through it all at once. But with having the first episode and we end up getting mainly Stu, but we see a lot of with uh, trying to figure out what is Captain Trips. How do we survive from this? 
and go forward. It seemed like there was a lot going on there. I would be okay with it being like a one season limited run, but just like space it out, make the story breathe and keep it linear. There's no reason to chop it up the way that they did. I mean, the only, the only thing they, they did it because they wanted to be different. That's the only logical thing I can come up with. Sure. It's like, we need to find a way to change this a little bit. And they did it and it just, it didn't work. Mm. Now, best change to this version of the stand. Hmm. I don't know. The changes to Vegas, I'm not fond of. I think the best change probably honestly is when Flag reappears as uh, Russell Faraday and he's naked with boots on. Oh, <laughs> you know that. Well, I was. I wake say- up every morning like that, so maybe <laughs> that's why I enjoy that so much. <laughs> you still have those boots. The like, little I money. Even, I don't even know why I'm wearing boots anymore. I'm naked though, and I'm waking up, and now I got to go to work. <laughs> and then you always go outside, and then you you end up uh, seeing people, and you just say, "Worship me." <laughs> and then I blow someone's head off. <laughs> you know, overall, I'd have to say Randall Flagg to me is the best change because for this version, I liked him so much better here than in the OG series. I think he was a good mix of a modernized flag, but also stuck with King with in, in terms of like what King would classify him as a Randall Flagg and kind of how King had written him. But I just love what Scarsgar did. I they're just enough that had changed with Flag as a character that I liked here in this version. So I'm gonna have to say that was the best change. Would you have been terrified if you were invited to go see the walking dude? <laughs> Where am I? Am I in Boulder or something like somewhere nice or what? Yeah, like I would or say I'm already in Vegas and so I know it's nuts. Oh, that's a good question because I guess in this case you I, I feel like for flag hmm what if you're just invited you knew New Vegas but you weren't living there and say you were in Boulder but you were invited you like got I mean, an invitation and said you're cordially invited to attend. No, the big concern is I, I think I could go and be like, yeah, I'll spend three days with Flag. <laughs> but deep down, I know I'm not going to just be able to leave because you don't just leave. Yeah. So I wouldn't do it. I'd be scared that I, was gonna, I would die. <laughs> Unless you were like a journalist, if you were able to do that. Oh, no, I would be dead. He would make me write everything there and then he would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but that's, kind of, that's dement, but so true. Now... Finally, would you like to see the stand return in any way? Yeah, absolutely. I need more. I need more Randall Flag in my life. This would you say this version of Randall Flag and this version of the stand? Um, yeah, why not? Uh, that was great. Say the Josh Boone version of the stand. <laughs> I'm not giving him any credit. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know, the other big thing is: is this worth streaming? on CBS All Access, or is it worth getting a CBS All Access subscription to watch this? Man, that's, and this is the only way you can watch it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I would say, you know, diehards, I would say yes. If you're kind of interested, um, then probably not. I think you'll, I think you I think you got to really like the, the story 
to to be fully invested in this. Mm. To basically watch it week to week. Because again, if you've read the book, this you can fill in the pieces a little bit better. If you go in blind and and don't know anything about this, have no prior knowledge, I just don't think you're gonna love it. Yeah. I think that would be the case. Or if they knew that there was if they felt like it was isolated and this is all you get, that they would be okay with that. Because having the idea and the knowledge that we do in terms of there's so much more to these characters, would they, you know, would that cause you to to salivate for more of the story? And if you didn't know, then it's kind of ignorance is bliss. I, I don't know. I I will say, I think that this would be worth a free trial of CBS All Access. <laughs> yeah, which is, if you spend two minutes on the internet, you're going to be able to find that. Just crank it out in a week. Um, yeah, I'd say this is a good weekend watch. My thing too is, so the the OG miniseries is 94, mm-hmm. was it? This is 2020 slash 2021. At what point do you think we're going to see a new version of this? You think we'll be waiting yeah. another 25 years or is someone going to, I feel like there's, there will not be a version of this for a long time, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mainly the other reason is because of COVID. I think after. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Get, getting out of this, so many people are going to be over the fact of, you know, just not wanting to think about any plague story or. It's interesting, though, because like at the very beginning of COVID, this idea of, oh, let's watch Outbreak or something like that. And now yeah, it's, it was kind of a weird, you got a weird thrill out of it. Now I'm just over it. Now, yeah. I don't, I think about this series, and we've said this before, I feel like it doesn't lean heavily enough into the plague, to, you know, the fear of that. Yeah. It's just kind of an afterthought. Yeah. And that's where I wonder. And 20 years from now, when they are talking about possibly doing another version of The Stand, they will weirdly consult with health experts about COVID, and it will be kind of along the lines of that. And they'll change Captain Trips a little bit and modernize it and in that way. But I also wonder if, you know, this story won't be brought back for quite some time just because of the we want to forget about this. We don't want to deal with it. Although this is more, you know, a good versus evil story. I would like to see the Owen King version where it's just him. And he's like the showrunner over it. I want to see him and his dad do a show. That would be awesome. I mean, his episode, the one that he did in terms of writing, was great. And I mean, there weren't a lot of changes in terms of from our discussion, in terms of what was made from the pages to the screen. Yeah, I feel like his episode is the one that kind of kicks off when this gets into a groove. Mm Kind of dying to rewatch this, not going to (laughs) lie. I'm going to do the OG series and then watch this. And I don't know if I can do it all in the same weekend, but I do think this is a good weekend watch. I, I think this would be easy to crank out you know, get that free trial of CBS All Access mm. or soon to be Paramount Plus and then just dive right into it. All right, film fans and Stan fans, thanks for joining us. And until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.